Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I haven't left my house in I don't even actually remember how long. Who are you, friend? I'm Bex Caputo. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I'm so lonely. (laughs) I'm sorry, friend. I'm here. I'm here for you. (laughs) But you're not. No one's here. Yeah, I know. I'm like scheduling all these phone calls with friends and stuff, and it's it's weird how like it helps, but it also just makes you sadder. Uh, we don't need to start on a sad yeah. note. This is fine. We can just move it along. <laughs> it's fine. We're doing great. Every everyone's doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because everyone is doing so great. Uh, including all of you out there, we wanted to do an episode uh, to help you out with um, what you're doing while you're hanging out at home. And uh, it's the new thing we're doing called Sexy Dorky Quarantine, which we're hoping to do like at the end of each episode for the foreseeable future, if we can like keep coming up with stuff. But basically, um, we're going to try to offer some suggestions for sex and kink things that you can do while you're stuck at home. Some of them are good for people who are stuck alone at home or without a partner. Some of them are good for people who have a partner who's far away or who's not far away but feels far away because you can't go see them. And some of them are for people who are quarantined with their partner. So hopefully these will be some helpful tips for you. And if you try any of them, we would love to hear about the results. So Bex, do you want to bring up one of yours? Oh, shit. I get to go first. Okay. Um, Only because I just talked for like a paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. No, I just, I feel like a lot of people are feeling really overwhelmed and like either feeling like they don't have any access to sex or Mm -hmm. um, just looking for anything to mix up the routine. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought this would be really fun. Um the first thing on my list here uh, is to uh, possibly explore protocol and try out some new protocols. One of the things I think that's happening for all of us right now is that time isn't real. Uh, Days are kind of blending into each other and we're not really, we're making up all kinds of new meal times and sleep schedules and everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about protocol is it adds a little bit of routine and structure to our lives. So I think now is a great time to, if you're a person who really enjoys power exchange, to play with that a little bit and maybe have like a morning routine or a bedtime routine to kind of, I enjoy those because they kind of bookend my day um, Mm -hmm. and give me a moment of check-in with my partners. But, uh, you know, even something that I've found really helpful is creating routines uh, for the end of my workday. And that's something I just do personally to transition out of being done, being responsible for working on things and in my Mm -hmm. own personal time. Because instead of leaving the office, that just entails turning my desk chair about 90 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, I think like it's been interesting to watch people adjusting to working from home because like I've worked from home for a long time and um, I've learned some things that work for me, but it's interesting to watch like other people learning what works for them. And like the end of day mm-hmm. ritual is definitely an important thing for me because like same, like I, all I have to do to like leave work is like close my laptop and walk two feet to my bed or my couch. Um, so lately I've been finding it fun and useful to make or have my partner make for me uh, a cocktail at the end of the day um, Ooh, to like just that. kind of like. Yeah, it just really puts a bookend between work and the rest of life because, like, um, I mean, it's a signal of relaxation for some, but also it it just, like, prevents me from doing more work because I'm not very good (laughs) at work at that point. Um, But, I mean, you don't even have to do an alcoholic bev for that. You could do any kind of, like, preparation of, you know, afternoon tea or, like, whatever you want to do there. And I think, like, that could also be a fun protocol in and of itself um like if you are with a partner um to make them a drink or to make them a you know something to have at the end of the work day to kind of seal things off yeah or even i could see some sort of ritual around 
like changing of clothing or putting on a collar or it, mm-hmm. especially if service is a part of your dynamic, right? Something to transition, no, now your time belongs to me or now you're you're in service to me, you're done with working now. Um, and to kind of, you know, if you're a person who has a hard time stepping away from that, now your dominant is saying, no, you are done working now. And there's that external kind of force, which is really nice. And as a dominant, it can be a really great way to shift your focus onto something new and saying, no, this is the time that I'm dedicating to my partner and to myself. And, you know, I have put this collar on them or done whatever with them, which means I am responsible for them. Yeah. I, while you were talking about protocol, I also thought about how I am one of those people who um, getting dressed and like doing my makeup and stuff makes me feel better. Usually there are people, there are a lot of conversations happening now about like whether that's actually useful because there are some people who just like prefer to work in pajamas or sweatpants or who are like so emotionally exhausted by the world right now that that's all they want to do. And that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. uh, if I had like a long distance dominant right now, I mean, I do, but they're in my home. Um, (laughs) I would, I might find it useful for them to assign me a protocol to get dressed in like a real outfit every day and like send them pictures because I'm going to like doll myself up for that and then going to feel better about myself for the rest of the day. Yeah, I do really love the way protocol can kind of lend purpose to tasks that seem meaningless. Mm-hmm. Even if you know that they have some sort of benefit, it just adds that little bit of extra weight to them. Yeah, I was talking with my partner recently when we were going on some walks about how like when I dropped out of university for a year and was really depressed and all my days were sort of aimless and felt the same, like that's these days are really reminding me of those days and I would often go on a walk with a specific purpose, like I'm going to walk to this particular bookstore across town that has this book I want or to this particular mall to go shopping or whatever so that I'm not just like going on a meaningless, aimless walk. And so that I don't feel like my day has just trickled away without me actually doing anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think finding purpose and meaning in these times is really important. Yeah. Okay. So my first suggestion, this is going to sound like an ad and it's not, these people have not given me any money. But um, I think a really fun thing to do right now would be a clone a willy. And um, if you folks don't know what a clone a willy is, it's this amazing product where you can use this like molding powder and this like scientific yet accessible process to create a mold of a dick and then make a, uh, a silicone dildo from it. And um, I reviewed it recently and wrote about my experience, which you can read at girlyjuice.net. And I was reflecting on how, like, it's kind of the perfect gift for this moment, either because, like, a faraway partner can send their faraway partner, like, a copy of their dick, um, or because if you're stuck at home with your partner, this is, like, a fun, sexy science experiment to do together. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you don't even have to have a partner to do this because you can, if you have a dick, you can, like, make a copy of your own dick, either just, like, for posterity or to, like, fuck yourself with, although it probably won't have a flared base, so be careful. And uh, I also saw Sinclair Sexsmith the other day had made a dildo of their own fist using Clawbelly. And I was like, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen on Twitter, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so that I was ha- amazing. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing the clone willy thing with my partner. Uh, it requires some creative problem solving. It's just like a fun challenge, a fun way to spend an afternoon. Uh, and and they also a souvenir. Make a- exactly. Yeah. I get happy every time I see the like absurdly hot, bright pink um, <laughs> dildo of my partner's dick. And they also make uh, one for vulvas now. Uh, just the outside part, but you can attach it to a masturbation sleeve if you're so inclined. And um, then you'll just have like fuckable copies of genitals. So that's, that's cool. (laughs) I love the way you said that as if there were just going to be clones. Like we're going to fast forward to someone who only listened this far into the episode and was so bored. They're just in an apartment full of like vulvas just (laughs) spread out around them on the floor. (laughs) 
I picture it being like Animal Crossing where you have to like bring all your ingredients to like a craft bench and then just like crank them out, just make them all in a row. And then you're just like surrounded by them and you you try to go sell them to Timmy and Tommy, but they're they're not interested. That's not the hot item of the day. That was so much more cheery than my version, which was a lot more like criminal minds breaking into the apartment, like oh. our main suspect, and it's just a shrine of clona willies. Love a dick shrine, yeah. Can never get enough dick shrines. <laughs> it's been a weird few weeks. Yep. So something I had on my list that I thought kind of fits, because we were talking a little bit about clothing and stuff earlier, is uh, to basically turn your partner into, like, a dress-up doll, choose your own outfits for them, go through their closet, (laughs) and, like, see what you can come up with with what they have. Um, Mm -hmm. And then fuck after, because that's fun. Um, But also just for the sake of, like seeing what a fresh set of eyes can find and seeing what hot outfits and objectifying your partner in hot things is just makes everyone feel cute. Mm, Yeah. My partner came to stay with me with only a week's worth of clothing and I keep being like, you can borrow stuff of mine. And there's definitely an ulterior motive there, which is, I think that they look cute in like crop tops and shit, but yes. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, this is a good opportunity, if you are interested in this, to play with, like, dollification in other senses Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Like, it's something you can do with hypnosis if you're into that, but you can also just kind of do, like, a sex doll role play or, like, just general doll role play, which some people really enjoy uh, Mm -hmm. because it, like, as a bottom in that situation, you don't really have to do very much. You can just kind of like lie there and like mentally float away into subspace and like as the top, if you're someone who gets off on like having a lot of control over your partner, then that could be a fun way to play with that. Yeah, I love that. I also, for me, I really love this idea in, um, like, I love the idea of being objectified, right? I'm putting you in this outfit because I want to see you in this outfit, Um, Mm -hmm. But I also really like the idea of being, like, doted upon and cared for and dressed up and, like, you know, unsurprisingly, I love the, like, sleepover makeover kind of (laughs) narrative that comes with that. Um, Yeah. I'm rewatching Riverdale with my partner, (laughs) and there's a a scene of very up-close, like, makeup application in the beginning of that show, and it's just, whew. Um... (laughs) I it's aggressively gay. Um <laughs> But yeah, the idea of just having a partner pay extremely close attention to me and have it be be able to kind of perform cuteness for them and they're in the way they choose feels mm-hmm. like, oh, all of the attention is on me for a moment. How delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and something I love about this is that you can do it whether you're together or apart. Um, Like, if you're a dominant with a relatively well-developed understanding of your submissive's wardrobe, you can pick things. And if you're not, you can, like, scroll through their Instagram or through the selfies that they've sent you to kind of get a sense of what your options are. Or even, like, have them send you a picture of their closet, which I've definitely done. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I always really like getting instructions on my outfits. Um, Big surprise. I'm a sub and a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, One more thing about that. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if this is true or not. Tell me what you think about this. Would this not be perhaps a particularly good time to do like a humiliation type scene where you get dressed up on something that makes you slightly uncomfortable and then go for a walk because it's such a weird time and there's so few people outside anyway that maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal? Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, where... (laughs) The bad decision I keep wanting to do is I keep looking at all of these deserted places and being like, I want to get naked and take pictures there. (laughs) But, you know, flatten the curve. My nudity, my exhibitionism is not worth all of this. Um, But yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. And I also think it can be fun. Like, it's a good excuse to put that, you know, post those pictures online. Mm -hmm. Because you can even, you know... 
say on a dare that we, you know, we had to dress each other up or something um, if you're mm-hmm. not out. And I think <laughs> people are just kind of excusing a little more atypical behavior out of yeah. our friends and colleagues because we're like, no, yeah, no, I'm in a weird place too. It's fine. Just, right. I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people when I'm out are already looking at me strangely enough just because A, I'm out and B, uh, I might be wearing like a bandana over my nose and mouth. So like might as well be wearing a sequin ball gown. Like, I don't know. They're going to be staring at me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's my life advice. Wear a sequin <laughs> ball gown. <laughs> Just makes everything seem more bearable. Yes. Okay, my next suggestion, um, I bet it's no surprise to longtime listeners that I do want to talk about phone sex, but I want to specifically talk about role play in phone sex because Mm. I feel like a lot of people don't think of this as an option or don't really know how to do this. And this is, you know, prime time to be learning about phone sex. And uh, I think something that would be particularly fun at this moment in time is doing a role play where the fact that you're on the phone is relevant to the role play. Mm, so like mm-hmm. an example is my partner and I have done a scene where they are like a hysteria doctor who works at a hotline and I like call in and describe my symptoms. And then they're like walking me through like how to, how to jerk off to alleviate those symptoms. But I can imagine I like, this. yeah, I can imagine there being a lot of scenarios where, I mean, whether it's the phone or whether it's even like Skype, um, mm. You can you could maybe do a role play where you're like two strangers who met on Tinder and are having their first like video date in the time of coronavirus and it's like awkward and giggly and you know I think that there's just a lot of fun ways that you could use the technology to play into your role plays. Yeah, unsurprisingly, I also had something similar on my list with role plays. Um, but something <laughs> I'm doing with my partner um, or we talked about is setting up these characters that live for the duration of however long this is happening, and then they get to fuck at the end of this. Um, But until Mm -hmm. then, their conversation exists in a specific chat app, or Mm -hmm. um, we talked about even, like, within a specific game or something. Um, So that even... And so this works if you're sharing an apartment with someone or not. But you can... Because for me, I liked the idea of, obviously, I love immersion, right? So I like the idea of being like, all right, so the longer this goes on, the more elaborate my game gets to be. But it doesn't get mixed in with the other stream of constant conversation I'm having with my partner because they're my partner. Um, (laughs) It gets to kind of exist in this separate app where these two other people are talking and they've met for the first time. <laughs> and yeah, again, I love you that. get to create this narrative of like, why do they know each other online, and how did that happen, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me. I was listening to the Bed Post podcast the other day, and the guest was a friend of the show, Dick Wound, and hmm. he was telling this story about how he had this um, like role play ish scenario set up with a friend where she would undress in front of her window at a particular time and he would know to be there and he would like watch her and like perv on her consensually. And they had these like separate email addresses where they would like email each other and he would be like, you know, threatening her or whatever he's doing. And then they'd be like in their regular email addresses, just like chatting about whatever, (laughs) but they were keeping it separate, which I think is really useful. And it's one of the ways that you can use technology as an advantage. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So something I had on my list, um, your Clona Willie thing was not a shameless plug. This is, but it's for me, so I guess that's okay. Um, it's, it's more like a shameless dildo, actually. <laughs> Sex toy uh, jokes. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think now's an excellent time, because we're stuck with not much to do except talk to each other, um, to maybe talk about what you enjoy, and uh, actually do a yes-no maybe list, which is the thing we talk about a lot, but I don't know about y'all, I rarely actually do them for as much as I talk about them. Yeah. Um, And if you've done one, go back and update it, because you've probably learned some shit. I've probably said some out-of-pocket shit on this show that made you think, I don't know. Um, And your opinions have possibly changed 
Um, so it's worth re-examining that or doing a specific yes-no maybe list with a partner in mind, because I know mine changes depending on who I'm talking of playing with. What sounds hot with one person may not sound hot with everyone. Uh, so I have one on my site, but there, there are plenty of other ones. Um, and the idea is you think of as many ideas, as many activities as you can think of, and you sort them into, yes, I want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. Maybe once I learn more, maybe every once in a while, you know, whatever maybe looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, something that I do specifically online that's a little different from some others, I negotiate the language I'm going to use during a scene, and I negotiate the feelings I want to feel during a scene, because I feel like that really adjusts the tone a lot more than just a list of activities. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. distinguish between, yes, I'm into doing this thing, and yes, I'm willing to do this thing, because the difference between, I find this really hot and actively want to do it, and I find it really hot that you find this really hot, those are mm -hmm. both very much yeses, but your experience of a scene might be very different, uh, especially if you're both doing the thing that you're really excited about the other person being really turned <laughs> on about, uh, and about yeah. halfway through you realize, oh, wait... <laughs> Neither of us actually care about feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but maybe it's fun to try. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love this idea of brainstorming. And I think like as a writer, like I have to spend a fair amount of my time brainstorming and, and dreaming up ideas. And I think it's definitely easier to do when you have more time and more space and more kind of like resting time. Um, and one thing I like to do for this, which is like a creativity generation exercise that would also totally work for this, is to make a list of 100 ideas for whatever the thing that you're trying to do is. Mm. So maybe in this case, it's like 100 ideas of scenes I would like to do someday or 100 kinks I'm curious about. And the, the thing I love about this is that uh, 100 is a lot. Like you will get to a point where you're like, I can't even think of any more. And then you will think of more and your brain will just go in unexpected directions and uh, it could it could, you know, teach you things that you didn't know about your own sexuality and desires. Yeah, whenever I make lists like that, I always find there are these weird lulls of like real weird ideas where I was <laughs> just very clearly grasping at straws. And then I kind of find my rhythm again. And then I'm like, OK, but no, but wait, what about this stuff? And then it goes <laughs> back to like, I that's that's not useful at all. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my next idea, this is, um, this is probably a controversial one, but, um, <laughs> but what about medical play role play? Um, Ooh. yes. And hear me out. You can do coronavirus themed role play. Um, there are some people who, if you were to tweet about doing this or whatever, they would be like, you're disrespecting the seriousness of the situation blah 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 which you know is fair i wouldn't you know flaunt this in the face of someone who may you know know someone who is sick or have lost someone who like to the thing um right obviously like that's insensitive just like you wouldn't tell you know a sexual assault survivor about your you know cnc scene um necessarily unless they wanted to hear about it which some of them do but um as first anyway um i think Medical play role play in this particular case could be an interesting way to work through your anxieties uh, mm -hmm. and also could just be a way to like, you know, this this virus is the thing that I'm thinking about on some level all the time now. And I think a lot of people are having that experience. And it's like if you're going to be thinking about it anyway, maybe you could find a way to make it sexy for an hour or two. Um, and this could be any number of things. This could be like the nurse comes in to check on you and ends up giving you a blowjob or um, the doctor has developed this new treatment that he thinks might work and it involves flogging you or, you know, like mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that you could do here and it would be an interesting way to kind of wade into that territory psychologically and make it fun and sexy. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what we play with with kink is the stuff that's terrifying us yeah, um, and turning it on in its head and taking a little bit of the power away or for ourselves or playing with the power in new and interesting ways. And I can totally see um, kind of wanting to eroticize this hellscape of a situation. Um, <laughs> and kind of uh, in that vein, 
on my list, I had uh, edging and chastity. Because, oh, I also had edging on my list. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> a classic. Yeah. Well, from a lot of different angles, right? If you're if you're alone and you want to experiment with your own orgasm control, that's just like a handy thing to have in your back pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. whatever side of the slash you're playing on. Um, having more control over your body and a better understanding of what your own orgasmic process looks like is just cool. Um, Mm -hmm. so just taking your time with it and noticing what different levels of arousal feel like, um, can be really fun. If you are in a long distance or what feels like a long distance relationship right now, uh, eroticize the fact that you can't fuck them, right? Um, Mm -hmm. if you play with power, give them the power over how often you get to get off, right? Now they're a part of that, whether or not you're actually, you know, they're the one actually helping you come, Um, Mm -hmm. but even if you are stuck with your partner in an apartment, I think having continuous access to any of the things all the time can Mm -hmm. make all of it seem a little mundane and a little routine. And if someone takes control and is like, yeah, see, here's the thing. I'm not going to fuck you later. I don't really (laughs) care what you do. Like, yeah. I, we're not we're not gonna fuck later and then wanders around naked all day and teases you all day and does a million other things the next day comes around and you're gonna be like right but today we fuck though right <laughs> yeah very possibly <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me i just read an article today about this thing called the naked challenge yes about i've been that. seeing those videos and i have learned that i walk around naked far too often because no one <laughs> reacts like that to me <laughs> So if you don't know, I I might be wrong because I only read this one piece about it. But from my understanding, the idea is since we're all stuck at home, um, if you walk around naked while your partner is like on a business call. Honestly, I don't think this is a good idea. It's funnier in theory. I would not be so disrespectful as to fuck up my partner's business calls by doing this. But um, I guess people are doing it. I don't know. Yeah, all the ones I've seen have been guys gaming. Walk into the room oh, okay. while your guy's gaming naked. And for the most part, it's been people going, hey, babe, babe, <laughs> babe. And him being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like, they're very focused and then very not focused on the game all at once. And like, to some degree, I don't like, I don't understand who's putting down their game this fast because they're in a chat with people. Like, they're letting down their team. <laughs> You're like, you would at least say, hey guys, AFK for five. Yeah, a few of the folks have been like, nah, I gotta go, man. And like, just, <laughs> and just thrown the headphones down, like, min directive. They've been like, nah, get him over there. Nah, I gotta go. I'm, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, to make another Animal Crossing ref, because my brain is broken. Like, if I'm, if I have just cast my fishing line, and there's, <laughs> there's a fish... I will not take my eyes off that screen until I catch that fish. Right. It just won't happen. <laughs> like my my partner's hot, but but my response would be, "Oh god, that I got like 3 minutes left in this. You don't move. Hang on." Like, like I can I I know this isn't a limited opportunity. They're not going to be like, "Nah, there's a deadline on this nudity. Uh mm-hmm. my ass is going away." But then again, I don't know these people's relationships. Straights are weird, man. <laughs> I don't know what that life is like. Yeah, I don't know. To get back to the edging and orgasm control point, though, um, I was thinking that orgasm control could be a good way to incentivize certain healthy behaviors that you want to instill. So if you're having trouble with, like, getting out of bed, maybe you don't get an orgasm until you, you know, take a walk around the block. Um, maybe you don't get one until you make yourself a healthy meal. And like, this does not have to be something that a partner is enforcing. This can be something you're enforcing for yourself, as long as you have relatively good (laughs) self-control. Um, so maybe you're going to edge yourself and then you're not allowed to come until you wash every fucking dish in that sink. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay. My next idea was, uh, self-tying. Ooh. Yeah, I had that one too. Yeah, because self-tying is one of those things, and and to be clear, what I mean by that is doing rope bondage on oneself. Um, 
usually not in a way that actually like restricts you in a bondage way because then that's difficult to get out of like usually when I do this it's more like chest harnesses or like beautiful decorative types of rope bondage mm-hmm. um, and the reason I bring this up is like I know so many kinksters who are like oh I want to learn more about rope and I just never have the time or like never you know get around to doing it and it's there's so many videos on YouTube and on kink academy and elsewhere of people teaching rope bondage skills and self-tying can be fun. It can also be relaxing, meditative. Um, it can help you get into a nice kinky headspace that might be calming at this time. Uh, and I just think this is, um, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people doing like yoga live streams and stuff. And like, to me, self-tying is similar to yoga in a psychological sense. Like it's like calming and encourages me to slow down and pay attention and like pay attention to my body. And, uh, it's just very, it's very nice and I don't get to do it often enough. So maybe now's the time. I, yeah, definitely. That's, that's been on my list to try. Um, Mm -hmm. do you have any recommendations for tying resources? Yeah, so is the website called Twisted Agony? Uh, Twisted, Twisted, Twisted Monk. Monk. Yeah. Agreeable so the, Agony also does rope. That's what right. That that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No. Um, Twisted Monk, who make beautiful like artisanal bondage rope, have some videos uh, linked to on their website. At least last I checked, I think they have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just like type into YouTube or Kink Academy. Um, rope bondage and and look through the options like some of them are going to be only for uh, doing on another person but there are definitely a significant number you can do on yourself there's also books yeah um, I generally find I learn better from videos but you know that's a personal thing yeah I've also learned some stuff from two naughty boys videos and uh, I'm gonna pronounce her name wrong but Shay Tizano T-I-Z-I-A-N-O has a book called uh, specifically on bondage for self-suspension. So cool. if you don't have a rig in your house but want to kind of learn the basics of, uh, like, weight-bearing ties, uh, that's a really great book to check out. I've heard good things about it, uh, at least, and it's on my list to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe this goes without saying, but it is important to say anyway, uh, be safe when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you're not sure what the rope bondage safety protocols are, you can just type into Google rope bondage safety. You can read a whole bunch of stuff. Um, generally, I would say there should be room for two-ish fingers to slide under the rope uh, at any point, And also you should have safety shears nearby. Yeah, ideally also another person who can at least get to you if you're totally alone. Maybe have someone on Skype or even speakerphone just present, even if they're not necessarily watching you, uh, Mm -hmm. so that if you do get yourself stuck and cannot get out, uh, you have that kind of lifeline. (laughs) Yep. Very wise. So in the same vein as, like, learning new skills, uh, I also had learn boot blacking or just general leather care or even leather Mm -hmm. crafting or leather working. Mm-hmm. Because those are really great skills, obviously, as someone who is very service-oriented. Um, I'd love to be able to know that just to be able to do things for other people. But I picked them also because they're the kind of skills that you can kind of keep learning forever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of different kinds of leather. There's tons of different ways of treating that leather. Um, and everyone has a different preference or opinion. Uh, And Mm -hmm. if you are a kinkster, it's likely you have at least some leather in your house that you can kind of practice on and experiment with. Mm -hmm. And I will add to that, I've found in my own leather care explorations that there are a lot of videos on YouTube of like hot dudes explaining how to clean work boots and stuff like that. And they're often like calming in kind of an ASMR way. Like someone's just like very slowly explaining how to clean a pair of boots and you're just watching them like very thoroughly clean these boots. It's like, I don't know, there's something oddly satisfying about that to me. In the before times, back when we were allowed to be in public, I was at a (laughs) kink out event 
where I saw this really gorgeous ASMR type video of boot blacking that mm-hmm. was just like up close and you would hear like the bristles of the swiping and everything and they really got into like the different sounds that all of the texture makes and everything. It was really <laughs> cool. And it was also projected on this like giant dome in the ceiling and it was just it was I had a lot of feelings. And then I watched a really <laughs> great impact scene at that event. All around good day. God, I miss public. <laughs> yeah, Shit. remember places. <laughs> remember? <laughs> Remember traveling? Yeah, I miss places, too. (laughs) Um, My next one is to record yourself having an orgasm, either for someone or just, like, for your own enjoyment. And Mm. the reason I like this is because I hear from so many people who are, like, intrigued by the idea of phone sex or even Skype sex, but are anxious about it like they're very self-conscious they they kind of like freeze up in real-time situations and i think if you do it this way if you record yourself making sexy sounds you can like if you want to listen to it back make sure you're happy with it and then send it or decide not to um and it just kind of gives you more time and space to feel good about what you're sending and to feel like it is desirable and hot Uh, I mean, obviously ask for consent before doing this. I think it's just like in that way, a good intermediary uh, if you're planning on like trying to work up to phone sex. And even if not, it can be a fun thing to do. Yeah, I like that. I had similarly on my list, uh, film yourself. Um, Mm. And what I really like is from that same idea, it can be just nice to see what you look like and that can be fun and interesting. Uh, But I also encourage folks to... Uh, film their partners if you are kind of uh, partnered up with someone because Mm. it can be really interesting to see yourself through their eyes and watch all the parts of your body that they kind of linger on and the the ways that they frame I guess the filming I mean I'm Mm -hmm. a video nerd but um, (laughs) I'm like their directorial decisions are fascinating Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) I do really like to kind of get a little bit of my partner's perspective for a second. I think that can be really fun. Um, So even if you just film it and watch it for yourselves, it can be an interesting perspective on your sex life that you may not have had before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I had along similar lines to put on a cam show, which I think Mm -hmm. is a different thing than like having Skype sex or that kind of thing. Um, I think like the the type of personality that you have and the type of like anxieties that you may or may not have will affect which one of these you're going to like gravitate toward more Mm -hmm. or maybe none of them or maybe both. Um, But I like the idea of putting on a cam show for someone because uh, I just feel like the roles are clearer. Like a lot of people have anxiety and like Skype sex or phone sex about like what exactly are you supposed to be doing? And in a cam show, it's like, well, you you're performing. Um, and maybe you're going to ask the recipient of the show, like what they want to see. And that can be a helpful, like guiding light in figuring out what you want to do. Um, but that's a way to make, uh, masturbation into something like more fun and exciting. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily do this with a partner. Like if you have an exhibitionistic streak, you can go on a campsite and do it there, or you Mm -hmm. can like, uh, you know, meet someone on FetLife or Twitter or something. There's a lot of people being horny on Maine right now. Like, I feel like you could you could find someone who would want to watch you, probably. I really love the idea of putting on a cam show for your partner that you are stuck in with, though. Just, like, Ooh. going into a different bedroom and, like, no, you can't come touch me. This is a cam show. You, <laughs> I am performing for you right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think yeah, I think that's, that's really fun. Yeah, maybe you could maybe you could sext from the other room too. Yeah, and that's kind of nice for us introverts as well because um, I weirdly am okay with being around my partner like pretty much twenty four seven. But I have had partners with him that was not the case, and like to be able to go to another room and like breathe and like not be looked at by someone for a while can like weirdly make me feel more relaxed and like potentially more sexual as a result Mm. yeah Mm. 
I could see that. Yeah. Well, so for kind of the other side of that, now is an excellent time to buy some custom content or a yes. cam show or a new custom kink toy from your favorite maker, performer, and content creator, etc. online. Throw yes. your money at sex workers and perverts. They need it right now. And also, mm -hmm. they will keep you entertained. Keeping you entertained online is their entire wheelhouse. <laughs> Yeah, I know that like a lot of people are in precarious financial situations right now, but there's also a lot of people who are not, who are like salaried and jobs that are that are fine right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a similar thing on my list, which was call a phone sex operator, um, which is for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's just like fun and sexy and it's a sexual interaction and they're good at their job, you know, but also... Um, if you pay attention to what they're doing, you might learn some stuff about how phone sex works and how to make it hot and yeah. and how to do it well. And then maybe you can use that knowledge with a partner uh, either now or any other time later in your life. I also, I love the idea. I had kind of thought of this as a solo experience, but I kind of like the idea of ordering a custom clip with your partner from your favorite performer and kind of collaborating on the kind of outline or guidelines that you're going to give them, right? And like building mm -hmm. whatever this clip is going to be together and then sending it off and having this person create it for both of you. I think that's just kind of a fun collaborative exercise that y'all could spend a lot of time doing and spend a lot of time discussing all of the sexy things you want this person you're attracted to to do. Yeah, I really like that because it's kind of like a substitute for a threesome at a time when threesomes would be dicey. Mm -hmm. And like maybe even through that negotiation process, uh, both with your partner and with the sex worker, like you might come to realize things that you would want out of a threesome. And it might sort of like clarify your vision for that if you choose to pursue that after this is all fucking over. Mm, yeah. Whose turn is it? I don't even know. Yours, I think. Okay. So since we're talking about paid content, uh, I get so many people emailing me to ask me about getting into erotic hypnosis. And uh, I always say two things. Uh, read Mind Play by Mark Wiseman, which is the best primer on the subject. And then also, if you want to experiment with it, you can buy recordings that uh, very experienced hypnodoms have made um, sometimes like hour long recordings, like they do like a full induction to take you into hypnosis. And then there's various different things that they can do in there. Like some of them are just for relaxation, in which case you don't necessarily need to go to an erotic service provider. Like you can just find like regular ass hypnosis things online. Um, but you know, they might also do other things like making you feel like you're in bondage or doing, I don't know, different role plays and stuff. And, uh, I think that, recordings are a nice way to experiment with this because a lot of people are very anxious about like well what if I try to do hypnosis with a partner and it like doesn't work um and like either from the top or from the bottom you can learn something from listening to these recordings and uh, I know a lot of providers who offer them off the top of my head the only one who comes to mind right now is named priestess Catherine, and she's really excellent she has a very sexy voice uh, but Oof. there are tons if you look on night flirt or uh Lots of other places. Kind of actually building on that, uh, something on my list was to create a kind of curated smut playlist for your partner in your medium Ooh. of choice, right? So either go pick out a like wish list of porn for them to watch or a bunch of, you know, fan fiction or erotica to read or, you know, dirty stories to listen to. Um, mm -hmm. whatever medium is your, you know, filth of choice, like collection of gifts. I don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but just pick out a whole library for your partner to go through and let them do the same for you. Again, I really love opportunities to kind of see things through a different set of eyes and mm -hmm. see what your partner picks out for you because they probably know a lot about like who you are and what you like but may have a very different perspective than you would have chosen for yourself. Um, you mm -hmm. could even do this with, like, a best friend if you have friendships like I have. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, and I, I like to do the watching porn together while on the phone thing. 
uh, which you have to find a way to sync it up. I don't think that they have a uh, Netflix party <laughs> equivalent for <laughs> most porn sites. So usually what me and my partner do is we count down from three and then hit play at the same time. But this is fun because you're watching the porn and also you get to hear your partner's reactions to it, which is like really the entire point of this exercise. Yes. Uh, uh, to me anyway. <laughs> yes. So, that, so that's fun. And you can do that with someone you don't know very well, too. I mean, like, I've had some weird Tinder conversations that got into porn talk very quickly. And I can imagine being like, hey, do you want to just, like, hop on the phone and, like, watch some weird shit together? <laughs> and just take turns suggesting videos to each other. Because, yeah. honestly, I would watch so much more smut if I didn't have to find it. <laughs> yeah. But if someone I liked and was into was like, yo, like, this really turns me on. I think you'll really like it, too. I'd be like, shit, download seven. <laughs> right, like the Spotify Discover Weekly, but for porn. Exactly, like exactly. <laughs> um, okay, my next one, what I wrote down was jerk off to weird music and see how it changes the vibe. Oh, my God. <laughs> But I was thinking about this because, like, we had on Carter Brule recently who was talking about how putting silly music on in the background of an otherwise serious kink scene can really drastically change the tone. And uh, you can do that in a whole lot of different ways. Like, mm -hmm. when I am super high and I jerk off listening to, like, orchestral music, everything feels so epic and important. It's yes. like... I am I am just Imagine like, jerking off to the Avengers soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Phantom Thread soundtrack or like actually the theory of everything, the Stephen Hawking movie has an incredible <laughs> soundtrack. It's so good. Um or score, I should say. The nerds are gonna at me on that one. But uh it's it really can change the vibe of what you're doing. And this is the kind of thing where like probably you wouldn't be doing this in your regular everyday life like this is mm -hmm. the kind of thing that you do after you've been bored with your jerking off routine uh because you're doing it twice a day because you're in lockdown <laughs> but just yeah. like you know put on the benny hill theme and get out your magic wand <laughs> like why not i even like if you're if you're stuck with a partner take turns curating new playlists for each time you fuck <laughs> um and depending on your relationship you can put all kinds of different stuff in there like um, this whole conversation is making me think of the time uh, I did a another teenage role play because that's my life, um, <laughs> and had a uh, Skater Boy in the playlist, which I, I thought was going to be really funny, except <laughs> it came on mid orgasm, which was less funny. <laughs> it was funny later. I still laughed. <laughs> Sorry, girl, but you missed out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. This one is less, like, personally sexy, uh, but now is a great opportunity to learn a little bit about, like, leather and kink history or queer histories, uh, histories of either organizations in your area or parts of the community that you really resonate with. Um, find some revolutionaries or some people who have done some, like, real badass shit in their past and read up on their lives. Uh, this shit's important. And now there's tons of fascinating stuff back there. And if you're looking mm -hmm. for things to be entertained with, I think now is an excellent time to explore some of that. There's a podcast called Making Gay History that I've enjoyed. <laughs> Um, that is just an oral history of queer culture um, mm -hmm. and interviewing different um, elders in our community about their experience and their lives, and it's really fascinating, and there's tons of other stuff out there. Um, and I always really enjoy just seeing the perspectives of, like, I don't know, even people who've lived through, like, kink scene in the 80s and 90s and how different that is from my experience now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite pieces of media along those lines is the episode of You're Wrong About yes. on Kitty Genovese, who, if you don't know who that is, uh, she her story is often used as evidence of the what's called the bystander effect, but that's been kind of like debunked. Um, it's one of the things you're wrong about that you're wrong about tells you that you're wrong about. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but uh, that that story, I had no idea reading that story in a, a psychology textbook that that is like a really powerful story about gay culture at the time. Yeah. Because um, some very key players in that story were gay. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend that episode of that show. Agreed. Another one I had on here is Rightus X Toy Review. Um, this is something that I forget that the average person has not done <laughs> because I've been doing it professionally for eight years. Uh, and so have many of my friends, but um, it's really interesting how this exercise forces you to be more conscious of the sensations you're feeling. Um, and if you find that it makes you too conscious, too critical of your experience, which I've heard some people say, like, don't do it. That's fine. Welcome to my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it might not be the best thing. I mean, our brains are reacting in weird ways to all sorts of things right now. So if you don't find it resonates with you, don't do it. That's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But um, I enjoy writing sex story reviews. I also enjoy reading them. Um, I feel like it lends a sense of like meaning and importance to masturbation and sex that uh sometimes i might otherwise struggle to find um and it's also just like a fun creative exercise like if you're a person who loses yourself in writing or in creative exercises in general like this is a fun and sexy one to do and it might even make you want to use the toy afterward i like that my next one is not something I have spent far too much time do, is it, doing. It's actually something that's been on my to-do list for a long time, uh, but this just seems like a really great opportunity for it. Uh, something I've heard a lot of kinksters, or something I've heard some kinksters mention, is <laughs> using those, like, pet cameras as, like, surveillance things for their partners. <laughs> wow, which okay. I love. <laughs> um... <laughs> And obviously this is not a thing that has to go on 24-7 or whatever, but I love the idea of even just picking, you know, if we're all working from home or whatever, picking one day where a submissive sets up their webcam in the corner of the room and it stays there and it stays on. And mm -hmm. it's just that little bit of invasion of privacy of just, it, the person doesn't necessarily always need to be watching it, but just knowing they can go and check that webcam and you know, see what see what their submissives doing in this moment, making sure they're they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing. Just check on them, you know, uh, mm -hmm. is really pervasive, <laughs> um, yeah. and can really like amplify this like vulnerable subby feeling with mm -hmm. minimal work. Um, and then you get just get to send them like creepy little texts that are like, "Hey, I like that shirt," <laughs> <laughs> and just friendly little reminders that, by the way. I can see you. Or like, hey, that snack looks good. <laughs> and just slowly creep them out. <laughs> yeah, I like this too because like with some of the other things we've been talking about, this could be good motivation for doing stuff that you might mm -hmm. otherwise be having trouble with. Because like I'm even noticing having my partner here staying with me, I'm not doing some of the things that I would normally do as a depressed person with chronic pain such as lying face down in bed staring into space for many minutes at a time because uh, it's just like someone's someone's you know not necessarily watching me but like is able to look at me I'm just like I should do something better than this <laughs> more productive anything else <laughs> and it's like you know a lot of us need that at this moment mm-hmm Thank you so much for joining us for these sexy, dorky quarantine suggestions. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to do a couple to a few of these at the end of every episode for at least a while. Um, and if you have suggestions for things that you think uh, are fun to do, sex or kink things or relationship things or, you know, anything in the purview of our show uh, while this situation is going on, feel free to email us or tweet them at us uh, and we might share them on the show. Um, cause everybody needs some help right now to get through this and, uh, we're in it together and we want to be helpful if we can. I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net. I had a new post go up today that is about, uh, five excellent excuses to dress up in your own home. Because as I've been mentioning a couple times here, um, I find dressing up helpful for my mental state in these times and in depressed times in general. 
and you really don't need uh, to be going out to a thing to dress up. There's there's lots of reasons to do, you know, fun outfits and fun makeup without leaving your house, and I put some of those up on girlyjuice.net. Meanwhile, I changed into clean pajama pants today, and I too am taking that as a win. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. <laughs> Seriously, though, I did put on my packer for the first time in a long-ass time, because it's like, why bother? Um, mm-hmm. And why bother is it makes me feel good even when I'm alone. So, like, hey, trans folks, right. if you haven't put on your gender expression gear in a while because, like, it doesn't seem worth it, it's still worth it. Yeah, that's a good tip. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. And I also host another podcast called Question Box with my good friend Brent Black, where we've been trying to not talk about the COVID so much. So if you want some escapism, we had a guest this week, uh, Dan McCoy from the Flophouse podcast. I was very nervous to do this show. He was a delight. Uh, That dropped uh, the day before this episode comes out. So go check that out. Show's called Question Box. And where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BexTalkSex. Together with the Dildorks, you can find us at TheDildorks.com or by searching The Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. You could also find us at The Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram. And we'd also love to hear what happened when you tried some of these things. Uh, what worked out for you and what was like real awkward and silly and you learned was not your jam at all. Um, so you can tweet at us with those as well. Hashtag sexy dorky quarantine at the Dildorks. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to continue to support us, you can also go to patreon.com slash the Dildorks to throw a couple of bucks our way. We are still posting our weekly hypotheticals over there. So if you want to see us answer very silly questions while very high, that's the place to do it. Yeah. And speaking of that, it is 420 this month. It is. So... If, I mean, I, I assume we will be doing our traditional we will. hypotheticals episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the weird thing is that I'm also going to be doing a super high 420 episode of Question Box. So I guess I'm just going to be fucked up that whole week. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> That's fine. But if you, if you have questions that you think would be fun for us to answer on that episode, we would love to hear them. Um, they need to be sort of hypothetical questions about sex kink and dating so like some past examples are like if you had to eat a sex toy from your collection what would you pick (laughs) or like desert island sex toys or like which sex position is the funniest um stuff like that uh feel free to email those to us at the dildorks at gmail.com thank you so much to protodome he did our theme song i want you in my bedroom Thank you to Amy. She did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter, and she's posting some very wholesome Animal Crossing content lately that you might enjoy. (laughs) Uh, If, like me, you have fallen down that hole. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, stay the fuck home and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. I didn't fuck it up this time! Yay! It was so good! (laughs) I was very proud. I felt like every week we do these, and I've spoken to less human beings, I just get less coherent as the weeks go on. This week I'm like, how do I talk to people? How do I make a podcast? Excellent. I... Okay, take that again. Just edit out the fact that I sound like I have the plague. Um, Okay. (laughs) It's fine. It's just a weed cough. No worries. (laughs) Yeah, my my roommate texted me the other day. She was like, if you hear me coughing, it's just because I'm trying a new vape. I'm not dying. (laughs) I was like, thank you. I was worried. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, every time I cough, I just want to be like, no, no, I smoke a lot of weed. It's fine. Um... (laughs) I'm just like this. It's not healthy, but you're not going to catch it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've been fidgeting with this silicone bowl this whole time and definitely occasionally made fart noises against my hand. So they just have to live with that reality.
Okay, well, I'm glad you explained it. <laughs> so we don't get another iTunes review being like, what is that noise? <laughs> it's, I, it has not made much noise, except okay. when I dropped it. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic facts. Mm-hmm.